Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. This is the 7220sports.com kickoff show presented by Dickie's Barbecue Pit, located at 2410 Grand Avenue in Laramie and in the Frontier Mall on Del Range in Cheyenne. The 7220sports.com kickoff show is also sponsored by Wild Lotto, Papa Murphy's Pizza, Warren's Repair and Towing, and Rocky Mountain Shirtworks. I am Cody Tucker, joined as always by Jared Newlin on a frosty Friday morning in the capital city. It's window scraping season for us people who uh, <laughs> let our wives park in the garage, Jared. You wouldn't know anything about that. But, uh. <laughs> Luckily, we have a, a larger garage where we both get parking there. But I did have to shovel last night because we had some friends coming over, and I shoveled before they got there. And I didn't realize how much had come down already and how heavy it was. Did I miss something? I didn't. Ex- I knew it was going to snow, but I guess I didn't expect to see a a foot of it on top of my car. <laughs> did uh, did I miss a that little report? bit of an exaggeration? <laughs> did I miss that report? No, they were they were calling for three to five. So we got um, three to five. But it's you know it's supposed to be sunny and uh, a little bit warmer today, so some of it'll melt, and then really by by Saturday it'll melt too, just because it's uh, it's supposed to be windy though. Imagine, yeah, shocker. I'm looking out the window right now at a flag that's not moving a muscle. But how about we had to wait till November third to get snow in Cheyenne, Wyoming? It's amazing. My birthday is September 10th, and I remember numerous birthdays where it snowed. Halloween was always, you yep. know, trudging through the snow. We had to turn our lights off early on Halloween because, <laughs> and actually, we put the bowl out anyway because I just our dog goes nuts around. Every kid comes to the door, so. We just put the bowl out there, and there was kids still knocking on the door and ringing the doorbell. Like, uh, you not see the bowl one, <laughs> and it's so dang nice out, they just were later than normal. Yeah, so. yeah. We, uh, my dogs go nuts, too, so we were the uh, we were the, the Grinches of the block where we had the lights off and stuff, but still got. Yeah. Still got a few. What is the coolest thing you've ever been for Halloween? Oh, boy. I'll be honest with you. I'd... You know, I'd I think I dressed up once or twice in college, but other than that, back in the day, you know, I, I grew up 25 miles away from town, so our, our trick-or-treating was, you know, we have to drive 10 miles to neighbors' yeah. homes and stuff like that. So I'm going to guess a rodeo clown. I don't know. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I don't know what else I would have been. I think I was John Elway about 20 straight years in a row, you know, the old Hutch, Hutch uniform that mm-hmm. you can buy at, like, Walmart or whatever, and then I got an upgrade. I remember that's when I found out about... Uh, the big man in the red suit during Christmas time <laughs> found a uh, brand new Broncos helmet in a <laughs> in the closet and was like, "Wow, uh, yeah, that You're, was that was from Santa." You know what? Those old Hutch helmets. I, I'm guessing I was a Dallas Cowboy yeah. one time because I had all that stuff too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I remember finding this awesome, <clears throat> disgusting green outfit at Goodwill once, and it just it was it was perfect. I think I was a leprechaun. Not necessarily the Notre Dame leprechaun, but the leprechaun. It worked out absolutely perfect. And then I don't know if you're familiar with Captain Spaulding from uh, the Devil's Rejects and House of a Thousand Corpses, but no. I was able to pull that clown oh, off pretty nice. good. Um, yeah, nothing now, this year though. Your daughters 
costume yeah. was the best. Yeah, it worked out pretty good. The Philly fanatic. Yeah. I mean, it was so cute. Yeah, and who would have, you know, Emily's been talking about <clears throat> putting her in that thing for well over a year. We never really imagined that the Phillies would still be playing. <laughs> and they're they're at least guaranteed one more game. And I don't know if you have to if they have to be in the playoffs for no. for you to I mean yeah. that's how good that yeah. that costume looked. Yeah, it worked out nice. Emily did a good job with it and uh thank God Holly played along and, and wore it <laughs> wore the uh, fanatic head. <laughs> I'm guessing you had a lot of compliments downtown Cheyenne. Yeah, no, it was good. And and speaking of downtown Cheyenne, what a good job they did. It was cool to see all the kids out, everybody having fun and stuff like that. A lot of a lot of generic stuff, though. She definitely. I mean, I know I'm biased, but uh, I thought she definitely had the most unique looking outfit. Yeah, for sure. Good. So, turned out good. It was fun. But uh, anyway, how about some uh, Wyoming Cowboy football? It doesn't happen very often. We don't talk about this a lot. Um, but that's two wins on the road in conference play. Um, haven't looked through the numbers, haven't gone through it, but it's not too often the Cowboys even finish the season with a couple of road wins. So a couple of road wins in conference in three weeks. And and I'm going to pose a question to you that I posed to Craig Bowl and that I posed to the players after the game in Hawaii um, Sunday morning. <laughs> uh, what if I told you in August, let's even go a day a day after the Illinois game, what if I told you the Wyoming Cowboys would be six and three right now, and four and one, and playing very, very meaningful football in the month of November? Well, I think I said it before <clears throat> the show last week that I mean, at the best, you know, a even record going into last week was my, you know, probably prediction. Yeah. And, but to be where they are right now is incredible. And um, these young guys are resilient. Mm-hmm. Um, they just keep battling. They don't. They don't really listen to any outside noise, apparently. <laughs> uh, and um, you know, they just keep battling for one another. And we always hear about how much they love each other and stuff like that. I mean, you can really, really see that coming through right now yeah. because they stand up for one another, and they just they keep they just keep battling. And they've gotten down two scores. Uh, at New Mexico, yep. at Hawaii, yep. and they just bounce back, and it's like it was zero zero, or maybe they even had a lead, you know, in their mind. Who knows? Mm-hmm. But it's like they don't care. They just keep they just keep grinding. Does it feel expected? Like I know you and I texted when I was in Albuquerque that not nervous. Yeah, I wasn't nervous then, and I I wasn't really nervous in Hawaii. The only thing that I was nervous about in Hawaii is just because it's. I mean, yeah, the Wyoming does have a winning record on the islands, by the way. Yeah. Everybody talks about how hard it is to win there. Yeah. It is, but Wyoming still has a winning record there. Yeah, it just felt. <laughs> it, it's been so long, yeah. and yeah. a lot of that's due to the series itself. But um, I, I I wasn't really worried in that game either for some no. reason. I just figured that they were going to wear that defensive line down. Yeah. Hey, give them credit, though. They came out of popping. They did. Wow, that was a physical game in the first two and, or one and a half quarters, really. Yeah. And then it kind of calmed down a little bit. But, man, that's a physical football team. And when they get older and bigger, watch out. Yeah, and I know we say this all the time that, you know, oh, it's a, it's a perfect time for a bye week. But once again, it's a really nice time for a bye week. Of course, Titus Wynn going out early in that one in concussion protocol, a chance to get some guys healthy. There were definitely some, some banging, some bruises after that one. So, um Perfect time for a bye week, and and this is where it's paying off, Jared, that the Cowboys played in that zero-week game against Illinois, that they get these two bye weeks. And it's really a chance. You know, Craig said 
last bye week that it was a chance to recuperate and, and, and do some recruiting and all that good stuff, recalibrate the offense. Asked him again if that was the case this time. It's not, and it's not because of who's on the docket. Uh, this Colorado State game for the Cowboys is bigger than any border war I can remember in recent memory. Probably since 96. Yeah, for the Cowboys. Yeah, for the Cowboys. It's not both teams that are in the hunt, but yeah, because it's, and you said it, Craig said it, and the players said it, it's meaningful November football games. And Wyoming hasn't had that in a while. And, um, and, you know, having an off week going into into that uh, border war and then host Boise State, which could be huge. Yeah. Absolutely. And then they wrap up at Fresno State that somehow got a win this last weekend. Um, but And they get, they're kind of back at full strength, too. So it's going to be fun November yep. college football for the folks in Wyoming. I'm going to go down a little bit of a rabbit hole here um, just because I think it fits. Um, we've talked about this on this show probably every week. Um, there's something different about Craig Bull, <laughs> 100%. And Every single Monday, I get to meet with players and talk to all whatever players I ask for. I ask every one of them the same question as we're parting. You know, what's different about Craig Bull? How how has he been different? And it, it's all the same answer that he is different. <laughs> he he's definitely way more engaged with us. It's not anything he's that's different X's and O's wise and all that good stuff. It's he really has a vested interest in us and what we're doing, and and that makes you feel good. You know when. If your boss tells you, you know, what a great job you're doing or says, how's your family, stuff like that, it shows that you're a valuable member, you know, of what you're doing. And, and I keep seeing these, and they frustrate me to no end, and you probably saw this on, on social media. People who, you, you know, tied it, or DQ James obviously had a huge game against Hawaii. You know, we'll get into that a little more, but 14 carries, 179 yards. He had a uh, 74-yard run on a third down. Huge, huge game for DQ. That's two in a row for him. But he, he wins some award, Earl Campbell, Tyler Rose, watch list thing this week. And the first couple of comments in the comment section are, enjoy it well less, he's going to the transfer portal. That sends me to the absolute moon. And I get it because Wyoming had 15 guys in the portal at the end of last year, but this isn't last year. Not every player is going to go to the transfer portal <laughs> because they're having success. Yeah. Oh, a lot of players go to the transfer portal because they're not getting any playing time. Not getting it. So last year was a, a perfect storm. The, yeah, they went to a bowl. They finished with a winning record. It didn't feel that way, though, did it? Yeah, it was. It didn't feel that way. <laughs> and then we found out that there was some, you know, the locker room wasn't terrific in some aspects. And some of the guys were graduates. Yeah. And don't blame them one bit for leaving right. and trying to test, their, test the water somewhere else. Right. And, you know, Isaiah Nair is the one a lot of people bring up, which this gentleman I'm referring to brought up Isaiah Nair. Um, that's a – he's a world-class wide receiver. And, you know, this offense is not conducive. I mean, does it stink that he left? Sure. But does anyone really blame him for leaving? So I that that just it bugs me to no end when somebody has a big day, it, you know. And then I I literally threw out the question why why do, why do you say that? Well, you know he's from Texas. DQ James I'm talking about. He's from Texas. You know he can go back bigger bigger venues, bigger teams, all that kind of. Stuff. Titus Swin's from Texas. If anybody could have left, it's Titus Swin. 
Coach Bowl didn't make it very much of a secret that he wasn't a fan of guys opting out during COVID. Yep. Titus Swin was one of those dudes. He had to earn his way back in. Earn his way back in. Last year he played in a reserve role with his talent. He sat behind Xavion Volade all year long, and guess who came back? It, guys, it's always going to be a case-by-case basis. Always. And also, enjoy the ride. And I know Wyoming fans are so jaded, and we've talked about this a hundred times too. It's with the coaches coming and going, stuff like that. Enjoy the ride. A coach, you know, last year I was actually seeing people say, man, I don't know if I want Jeff Linder to take this team to the NCAA tournament. What if he, then he'll leave. Uh, what are you talking about? Enjoy the ride. We're yeah. crying out loud. We don't know. Who, and DQ James might enter the portal. Who knows? It'd be for his own, whatever his own reasoning is. But the pessimism is driving me crazy, especially at a time when, you should be optimistic. Things are on the up and up, man. Things are looking good. And when you're winning and this locker room's as tight as they are and they love their coach and they're playing for their coach and they're playing for one another, why would they leave? Ryan Thorburn and I talked about this in the press box against Utah State. Out of all these guys on the field right now, which ones do you think? Because last year you had a good idea. Yeah. You know, you had a good idea, especially <clears throat> in Isaiah Nair. How many people brought that up after every single game? Well, should've he's been, gone. Should have been gone. targeted 40 more times. Yeah, and he should have. Yep. But we looked at the field the other night and said, hmm, I think we came up with three names of possibilities, and these are three guys that, like you said, they're not playing. Well, and, you know, when Bowl got hired, his mantra then was, those who stay will be champions. Well, that could be said true. He could restate that right now. Yep. He's the third youngest team in the country. They get these guys coming back. Yeah, I mean there is a legit. Well, there's a legitimate chance this year. Yeah, let alone if they come back next year and the year after. Yeah, and I keep seeing like the Arizona <laughs> Bowl put out a put out a Facebook post yesterday. Did you see that? Yeah, and it didn't have Wyoming on it. it had, but it was all the projections from all the other, um, all the outlets. Right, type of video. But my thought is, when I saw that, I wasn't bummed to not see Wyoming's logo on no. there because you need to be thinking bigger. Well, yeah, because the Arizona Bowl is like the third or fourth choice. Yeah. Arizona would be a great fallback plan, yeah. but right now you need to be focused on the L.A. Bowl. Yep. You need to be focused on going to the Mountain West Championship game because it's all in front of you. L.A. Bowl is the only opportunity unless there's two outliers that yeah. get invited to a bowl because of non-qualifications um, right. that you play against a P5 conference. Oh, it's, it's against the Pac-12. Yeah, and that's one of the things. I, I, I can't stand the Mountain West Bowl ties. I can't stand them. I mean, now we're talking about like, oh, it'd be really nice to go to Tucson. Well, sure it would. To play Eastern Michigan in Tucson? Yeah. Or, or play a, a Georgia team. State? Yeah, or Sunbelt. Yeah, that's, yeah. I mean, that's not, is it, that memorable? A perfect storm is that Wyoming does get to go to like the Armed Forces Bowl and play somebody that's, that's not a true tie-in. Yeah, or, that'd or be great. Get, one, the Frisco Bowl yeah. against some teams that they're not normally tied in within these bowl games. Yeah. Going back to Boise would be horrible. That would that would feel like a punishment at this point. And I I do believe that the conference does a pretty good job and the bowls themselves by not taking a team two years in a row to the same place. Yeah. Unless it's you know it's not like the old days with Holiday Bowl that well that was a win <laughs> going there twice. I saw a great uh, <laughs> I saw a great post on social media that said if when Hawaii's bowl eligible they have to play in Hawaii when New Mexico's bowl eligible they're pretty much earmarked for New Mexico. <laughs> Same should be for Boise State. <laughs> and you know if Wyoming gets to go to the Hawaii Bowl, yeah. that's per- I mean yeah it's it's not good for the fans but yeah. it'd be a great opportunity to 
for them to celebrate a season like this and go back over the... And that's what it's really uh, about, right? Yeah. And then 15 more practices for these young guys? Yep. Because if you think about it right now, what, Erica Boje is gone, and Darren Harrell has one year left, the cornerback transfer from Wisconsin. Oh, Miles Williams, safety. Here we are struggling to even find out yeah. who Wyoming seniors are. They have three. And one of them technically has another year left. So saying the transfer portal doesn't... Um, do a number, which I would be stunned. I mean, you could knock me over with a feather. There, To me, there will be no such thing as a mass exodus. None of that. Well, if you want to talk transfers real quick, how about Cole DeMarza getting called for roughing <laughs> the passer on a pick six for Wyoming? <laughs> and they only showed the replay one time, and, of course, he had to go to social media to see it again and yeah. again and again. But it – sure looked like he got pushed into the quarterback and he didn't even take the guy's legs out and no. didn't even buckle his buckle him down he just kind of bumped into him it was one of those deals like when you see a guy run into the punter and you see the ref immediately go no yeah no. it's running into the punter not <laughs> roughing the punter they need to that cannot be an automatic personal foul for something like that yeah say you know or just lift him up and say hey one more time yeah but i'll let you slide this time yeah, that could have been a huge play in that game. Yep. Really Luckily, it didn't. It wasn't a game changer. <laughs> you know, in the end. Yeah. Uh, well, if if Hawaii recovers that onside kick and uh, has the ball in good shape with a minute nineteen to go or whatever, it would have been a whole different story. That was just the perfect bounce too, and I yeah. feel sorry for Wyatt, but I nine point nine out of ten people. <laughs> Would not have been able to field that punt. Or and, that, that and you want that kick. going to your wide receiver, right? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, that was the way that scenario. bounced off that turf and came up so quick, yeah, right into his face mask. Ooh, and wet. <clears throat> yeah. yeah, but hindsight twenty twenty, yeah. folks win. Yeah, Cowboys get another W on the road, and I think that that's not talked about enough. I, people just go, oh, "It's Hawaii," you know. It's a road win, and, a, and a, one of the toughest ones in the country at that. And, and I know New Mexico, you know, it's New Mexico, but it's a road win. And for a young team to go on the road and win anywhere is always impressive. And, you know, you can look at the records yourself. It's not often the Cowboys go on the road and win multiple road games in a year, period. So, uh, really good game. Obviously, you got to start with the offensive line here. I thought Craig Ball had the greatest quote saying that his offensive line threw those guys out of the saloon. I thought that was just, I mean, is there a more Wyoming quote than that? It was so good, and it's true. Man, those holes were gigantic. Uh, we all knew Dwayne McNeely was going to bust one one of these days, and he uh, he had the game-changer, 61-yard jaunt. I think I've been saying that since week two. <laughs> <laughs> he hits the hole so damn hard, and then he gets but caught. You know what? He deserves a lot of credit because he's sitting on the bench, most likely not going to play. Yeah. His hands still bother him a little bit, and, you know, Titus goes out, DQ and J- Joey are just, I mean, they're they are tired. Yeah. They need to get some rest. And it was just a change of pace, too, for Wyoming to bring in a guy like McNeely, big physical back, where Hawaii's like, where'd this guy come from type of a deal? And then that hole, I mean, the seas parted. Yeah. And he just goes straight through the middle and yeah. touchdown Cowboys. Yeah. And after tackling a five foot seven, 172 pound DQ jams, well, tackling. Hardly tackling. And talking about somebody who's hitting the hole. Yeah. That guy hits the hole so fast. Yeah. I mean, I'm all, I'm worried sometimes that uh, Peasley's not going to get the ball to him because he's there so fast on the handoff. <laughs> he is. He's quick, man. And this is the DQ James we've all been hearing about. This is the, the legend of DQ James, and we're finally getting to see it in the flesh. <clears throat> uh, just a really good outing for the Cowboys. Believe it or not, I was shocked to hear this stat from Wyoming staff after the game that 
that's the first time in the Craig Bowl era the Cowboys have rushed for more than 300 yards in consecutive games. It's, and 300 yards is a lot of yards on the ground. But it's hard to believe with Craig Bowl's offense that this has never happened before. Brian Hill, yeah, Sean Wicks, never happened. Well, in the one couple games, Brian had over 200 himself, and right. nobody else picked up the slack. <laughs> <Right>. But it, <laughs> uh, it was funny before the game. I got some. I'm on a texturing with a bunch of buddies down in Arizona, and they were some of them like to lay lay a few dimes down on some games, <laughs> and they were like pokes minus ten and a half. And I was like, I don't know about the points, guys, but Wyoming will rush for over 300 yards tonight, and they should have. Yep. Yeah, Hawaii was not good in that category, and it showed. Um, I was impressed with Hawaii, though. I thought their safety and their their linebacker play was pretty pretty darn solid. But uh, they even got to Peasley a few times. I think those were more coverage sacks than anything. But they were. Uh, you could tell they have the makings of of having something going there. But and they're they're the youngest team in college football, and they're immature as far as how much smack they're talking out there too. Yeah. Oh my. Yeah. I mean they were nonstop chatterboxes. Yeah. And even Wyoming a few times is just look at them and just kind of make that, you know, <laughs> that expression with their hand yeah. like, you know, just shut up type of a deal. Yeah. And Wyoming to their credit, they could have been thrown, I think uh some flags their way if they would have kept going. Yeah. But they walked away from some incidents that could have escalated. One that comes to mind is Colin O'Brien taking his block all the way to the bench and almost yes. sitting him down on the bench. And I did talk to him that about that this week, so we're gonna we'll have a story about Wyoming's tight end this week. But a um, couple minutes left here. I want to talk about Andrew Peasley's game. Uh, you know, in my column, obviously, I wrote, what if I told you? that same scenario, but what if I told you that Andrew Peasley was 7 of 15 for for 76 passing yards and two interceptions, and they were two bad interceptions? Yes, they were, but I will, I want to give him a lot of credit, too, yeah. for, for just staying in there, staying strong, mentally strong, and uh, leading the pokes down to those, you know, to a comeback after yeah. being down two scores, one, but that big run of his was very important, yep. obviously. And then that touchdown in the end, yeah, he could have tossed it, and it would have been very, very cool for him to get a touchdown, you know, catch and stuff like that. But at the same time, uh, that's that same safety that already had two picks against him. He saw that hair yeah. flowing. <laughs> and he could have tossed it over the top of him, but maybe that guy goes up and gets it too. Who yeah. knows? Or maybe Marcotte doesn't haul it in. I, and I'll have a story. I talked to Marcotte this week too about what that would have meant. And boy, that kid has some perspective. So he didn't Well, mind. yeah, and Marcotte was the first guy to go celebrate with Peasley That's and right. congratulate him on taking it in. Yeah, so. no doubt. Uh, you know, it's nice to see, and I understand why the Cowboys haven't done it more. It's, it's a source of frustration. I, I brought it up a lot that they don't let Peasley run more because that is a serious weapon. Um, when he wrote, when he went 35 yards untouched into the end zone to get the Cowboys on the scoreboard, uh, that's an impressive. And we saw that we saw him gut San Jose State's offense like that. And you have to think back to if you let him run a little more against San Jose State, maybe that's a different game. I do believe though that they're picking the right times to let him do that quarterback yeah. draw because they're they see the defense and maybe it's something that that's he's it might be a check down too if a linebacker goes one way or the other. Yeah that he has the okay to and check down and go with it because uh he is beat up. I mean, he got he came out of that game, his hand mm-hmm. he's hurting. Still has a hip pointer and yep. one of those hits landed right on his hip too when he was on the ground. So this uh this off week is really for he and Titus probably the two most important and Pregnon. Yeah. Of course too, but uh, Bojay got a little banged up. Yep. Bernoli got banged up. But 
I really think Peasley and uh, Swen having the week off probably is the most yeah. uh, important right now. So that's 14 rushes for Andrew Peasley, 71 yards and a couple of touchdowns. Uh, Coach was really proud of him after the game, like you mentioned. It's not all about those passing stats. And we keep calling it the Paniola Trophy. The announcers, and they are Hawaiian descent, Panioli. 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 Panioli, okay. Well, whatever it is, it's in Wyoming's <laughs> trophy case now. On the other side, we'll talk about some Wyoming football, the Cowgirls soccer team going for a championship as well. Stay tuned. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Welcome back to the 7220sports.com kickoff show presented by Dickie's Barbecue Pit. Stop in or order online at dickies.com for your tailgating food today. And speaking of tailgating food. Well, once again, Cody, we have a Saturday where we get to watch college football from 10 a.m. till 11 yeah. p.m. So there's no Hawaii on the road or, you know, at home game this week. So, and, um, so we have all day. So we could actually hit Dickie's for lunch. Order Papa Murphy's Pizza, 50% off. Even though it's not a Wyoming game day, it's still Saturday game day. Yep. You know, I mean. Just put in 7220 Sports online. Yeah, online order only at Papa Murphy's and enjoy yep. some good grub on a, on, a, on a Saturday in Laramie or Cheyenne. And yep. Sorry uh, for all you outliers. It's only good in Laramie <laughs> and Cheyenne. Well, and that, uh, you know, also we have something else going on Saturday, and this is a topic I've been avoiding. Um Phillies, Astros, game six. Phillies have dug themselves quite a hole. And, uh, man, you guys got some pitching. Well, how about each game has been a story within itself? No doubt. I mean, it, it's incredible how each game has been so different all all along the way. Yeah. And, you know, game one or game three, game one in Philadelphia – Philadelphia goes off, breaks a World Series record for most home runs in a World Series game. Next night, Astros have a combined no-hitter against that hot-hitting lineup. And then Thursday night's game, Game 5, was just a – I mean, and you called it. We talked to each other before the game, and it was one of those, like, chewing – Knockdown dragouts. Yes, and, like, I had no nails left on my thumbs. (laughs) I mean, I was like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. And you're right, a lot of things went the Astros' way on – Certain hits dropped and things like that. And then on the flip side, Phillies hit their hard hit balls were right at guys. Yeah. Oh, so <clears throat> it was one of those nights, man. I mean, you think JT Riamuto is going to start things there in the eighth and gets absolutely robbed. I mean, or the ninth gets yeah. absolutely robbed at the wall by a local kid of all people. And yeah, the Chaz McCormick being yeah. the, <laughs> the unsung hero. God. 
Yeah, and, and then, you know, the Astros, the, the the top of their lineup was not good early on. Now they're world beaters, and the Phillies' top of their order has been unbelievable, and they fell asleep last night. Uh, I was shocked to see JT even put a swing on a, on a pitch like that. I mean, it was just that kind of night. He's what, won for his last 14 or whatever with 11 strikeouts. They haven't been good strikeouts, and I'm going to look back at this series, Jared, I'm afraid, and think, lay off. The freaking high fastballs, my God. Well, it could be said for the Astros, too. I mean, Harper and Altuve swing at the first pitch Casting 95% of the time. Yep. And it some of it probably is just to get into rhythm, and if they connect, they connect. But lay off. Oh, it drives me I crazy. mean, sometimes those pitchers are so bad. Yeah. And it's like, how about you step out and take a couple practice swings? <laughs> it probably wasn't right when I played baseball, but I, I never swung at the first pitch. Never. In a million years, wouldn't do it, and I I regret it to a degree because some guys that was the only pitch you were going to see to hit. Yeah, sometimes that's the hanging meat. <laughs> but after watching, you know, I admittedly <clears throat> haven't watched a ton of Astros baseball, and I'm sure you haven't watched a ton of Phillies baseball. But uh, the thing that stands out to me is I don't understand how Houston didn't go 162 and 0 this year. That pitching staff and that bullpen is unbelievable. Your I'm, offense can fall asleep all the time. I guess it. You look back at some of those, and it's probably that they're just. They just take days off. Bored. They do, yeah, <laughs> yeah. and and it happens to yeah. you know, everybody. I mean, man, they're good. I mean, the Yankees, the Dodgers. I mean, those the Dodgers did damn well, near win every game yeah, this year. True, seemed true. like, but uh, no, but no one accounted. Shout out for the to the MLB though for allowing the Phillies to wear their powder blues last yeah, night. That was, nice. that was sweet. Yeah, I wish the Astros would have had their throwbacks on too. Yeah. That was nice. Maybe they're saving it for tomorrow or for Saturday night or Sunday if it goes Game Seven. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, but. true. Well, and you know, I I haven't lost all hope. Zach Wheeler's on the bump. Um, you never know. I think the this could be a case where there's more pressure on you playing at home than playing away. You know, I don't know. I want to see. I'd love to see Game Seven. Just to, all the. I think this series deserves Game Seven. Yeah, the way it's played out, it certainly does. But I don't think I want to see McCullers on the mound on Game Seven <laughs> night Sunday. <laughs> the way he uh, pitched the other day and. You, you were talking to a guy that's saying, yeah, he's definitely tipping his pitches, but I listened to an interview with Smoltz, and he, he said he was to a to a degree, but not to the degree of that everybody's making it out to be. Sure. So. Um, well, that uh, Christian Javier, um, that guy's about to be a very rich man. He's uh, an incredible player. Signed for $10,000. And <laughs> not even making a million a year. <laughs> nope. It's crazy. Enjoy it while well less, Astros fans, because uh, it's coming, man. That I, you know what? I keep seeing Kyle Tucker come up to bat too, and I'm thinking, when is that dude's contract up? Because I would love to see him in a Phillies uniform, and that's what's amazing what the Astros have done. It's amazing when you're a dynasty like that, and I'm not afraid to call him a dynasty. You know how hard it is to get to the World Series, Rockies fans. Uh, it's brutal. It's really hard. And when I lived in Houston, they were at the lowest of lows. Jose Altuve was the only player they had. They were. In bad, bad shape. 100 losses a year for, what, three straight years? It's hard to believe that he's been in the bigs for 12 years. It's already. crazy. But they were that bad. 100 mm-hmm. losses. Perennial 100-loss team. And they built it the right way and built it from the bottom up. And they're doing the thing, man. But, you know, soon the bill's going to come due. And and that's what's tough. And they, you've lost Springer and Correa, and they just keep ticking. But uh, kudos to the, to the Astros. They're and doing it the right way. The Astros are doing this without a, a veteran in the lineup with Michael Brantley. He went out with shoulder surgery, um, and he's, he's sitting in the dugout, but he's not on the active roster. Yeah. I mean, that guy is, is a hit machine. Well, 
It's a good time to be so. an Astros fan, that's for sure. And and it's a great time to be a Phillies fan. I mean, obviously, this was an unexpected run. You get this far. Yeah. Yeah, Enjoy no, it. it gets you excited, too, for the future um, because the Phillies weren't supposed to be here. So now you have to think that they're always major players in the offseason, but uh, you have to think they're going to be real, really active now. And they're going to find out that they they need, you know, they got the bats. They paid the money for Schwarber, and, they, and they're getting their return on investment from him. I so badly want Nick Castellanos to find his <clears throat> old self because it ain't there now. And uh, he it, it's just a huge hole in this lineup right now. But I'm really excited for them to th- start throwing some money into pitching. Jacob DeGrom's available. Maybe that's a one-year, two-year, $30 million a year guy, mm-hmm. but that's a guy who's a, a game-changer. I do have to say I am – Really, really sick and tired of seeing all these chains around these guys' necks, though, oh, in Major League Baseball. I know. Ban it. I know. I can't I, stand it, it either. I mean, Bohm looks like he's wearing Mardi Gras beads. Yeah, and he's got a wife beater on underneath it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I mean, t- you, first of all, button your shirt up all the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And keep the chains tucked in or don't wear them at all. Yeah. Even I Harper am, wears a chain. I am sick of it. Oh, no. I don't like it either. I don't like it either. Well, uh, well, let's throw a shout-out, first of all. Colleen Corbin, Wyoming Cowgirls playing for the Mountain West Championship on Saturday night in Albuquerque. They're going to take on San Jose State. That game is on the Mountain West Network. What it time is. is. What time does it start? Duh. I want to say 6 or 7 is when it starts. Yeah, let me look it up real quick while we're talking. Yeah. But And shout-out to Colleen for wearing cowboy boots. Isn't that awesome? While she coaches on the sideline. That's awesome, man. She, I have not met her, but she looks the part. She looks like she's a really fun coach. You know, you can tell the girls love her. You can tell they're obviously playing hard for her, and uh, really cool to see them. And you know, anytime one of these Olympic sports makes it to a championship game, it's it's just always nice to see that. It is a six o'clock start Mountain Time, and yes, it is on the Mountain West Network. Um, second time in history, Wyoming's made it to the championship game in soccer, and soccer came about in the um, mid '90s, late '90s. Um, Due to the Title IX stuff, that in tennis was added, mm-hmm. um, and then. But if if Wyoming does win, uh, first time ever going to the NCAA tournament. That'd be awesome, man. And they were picked towards the bottom of of the conference, and they started out one, four, and four overall. Yeah. And those four ties, a lot of draws, yeah. proved to be very, very important in the final standings because they got the number one seed overall they they, it was a tri-championship but they but they got the number one seed because they had enough points yeah that's awesome congrats to colin corbin and her girls uh they're doing it with a lot of wyoming born and raised cowgirls too oh yeah it's nice to see you man she just looks like a fun coach i follow her on social media and and she's a fun follow she's she just always smiling and and obviously the cowboy boots just put it over the top so good stuff um you know, looking at the college football landscape, you know, <laughs> the big headline, I guess, in the last couple of weeks is the Michigan-Michigan State uh, scuffle in the uh, in the tunnel there at the big house. Um, I've been in that tunnel. I've covered a Michigan-Michigan State game. Um, first of all, I'm shocked that the journalists even made it down there in time to get video because you have to walk around this whole ma- – and this stadium is, I mean, obviously 100,000-plus seats. It's mammoth. And you have to walk around, and it takes forever to get through the crowd and get through all that stuff. So I can't even believe they were down there in the first place, maybe because it was a blowout. Well, one of the camera views, I believe, was a security camera. Yeah. Because it was high and shooting down. Yeah, that one was. uh, I saw some from some of my former colleagues that uh, were right in it, actually, in Mm -hmm. it, getting pushed around in the whole nine. And it was ugly. It looked ugly. It looked bad. I believe Michigan State is... 
I believe they've suspended eight players now. Um, we're going to get into our biggest surprises and disappointments, but uh, Michigan State has been a huge disappointment this year, and uh, that's just pure frustration bubbling over. But my thought is there's a trophy on the line in that game, Paul Bunyan's trophy. Uh, why are – you know, I know it was only a couple of Michigan players at first walking down the tunnel with a Michigan State team, but next thing you know, all of Michigan's players are there. What, why wouldn't you, when you only have one tunnel – and this might be some of the arrogance of – Michigan and Jim Harbaugh, but stay out on the field and celebrate with your fans and let the visitors just go. And it is one skinny, narrow tunnel where your locker rooms are right across from each other. It has trouble written all over it. Yeah, we were talking about before we went on the air to think about what schools have that, you know, what stadiums have that set up in the Mountain West. And the only one that comes to mind to me is Air Force. Yeah, and their locker rooms are not just up the same tunnel; they're across from one another. Yeah, that's like how it is at Michigan State. Fifteen feet, yeah, you know, fifteen yards or whatever. Yeah. Um, maybe Fresno State is that way, but it's a long trip to that tunnel, um, so it's it's a little bit different. But I can't think of another one where they exit. I think Hughes Stadium used to be that way, where it was one. Um, other oh, you are right; they were right across from each other. Yeah. But it's. You see it a lot of times, the strength staff and the equipment staff, they're holding guys back while the other team goes up or comes on the field just so there's none of that going on. Right. But how many NFL stadiums, they go up and down the same tunnel? Like yeah. You see Diggs talking smack to somebody for the Buffalo Bills yeah. every single time coming out. It's Something's going to escalate one of these times where it's going to be an all-full-out brawl if they don't get this under control. Well, and it's, um, it's shocked me that it hasn't happened more because before we went on, I said, I think Notre Dame and Hawaii, or Notre Dame and Miami, excuse me, are the only one that, that's the only one that really comes to mind where both teams meet right there and it's, you know, Yeah, hot. I mean, you see a lot of stuff happening during warm-ups. I mean, Michigan, Michigan State a few years ago yeah, when the guy's yeah. digging into the uh, <laughs> emblem at the you know, middle of the field type of a deal. But yeah, yeah they, they need to get that under control and hopefully something doesn't happen the next last four weeks of the season. Well, there's going to be some lawsuit stuff happening. And, uh, you know, I think about Air Force. I mean, Air Force does it perfect because they go over and sing their song, their alma mater or whatever, with their student section. And typically the visiting team goes with them over there to stand there. And and, and it's Air Force, and you like to think that you're not going to run into that kind of stuff there anyhow. But, uh, you know, go celebrate on the field and just let – let the Michigan State players off, and they got into it with Penn State a couple weeks ago too. Yeah. This is obviously Michigan's got some, you know, they're 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 in this too. It's not I'm they're guessing, not the total victim all the time. I'm guessing the couple players that went up early for Michigan had something else on their mind that they wanted to go do after the <laughs> yeah. game and yeah. get in and out of the locker room and be the first ones to the partay. Yeah, no doubt, and they were <laughs> they were the guest of honor when they got up there for sure. There's going to be some lawsuits. It'll be interesting to see uh, how that goes. Apparently, there were some serious injuries there, but um, you know, I can't help but think about my years covered Michigan State, and they're so used to off the field. I, I talked to a. I talked to a friend that works at Michigan State the other day, and I'm like, so you've been pretty busy lately? <laughs> no. <laughs> they always have something going on yeah. off the field in that school. It's it's uh, it's crazy. But uh, that, that is a good seg- segue into our biggest – we want to talk about our biggest surprises, our biggest disappointments on the national landscape and the Mountain West landscape so far as we go down the stretch here with one month to go in the regular season. And uh, when you talk about the biggest surprises, Kansas was the big, big, big surprise to start <clears> this year. They've leveled off a little, but that's still a surprise uh, what they did. Uh, you know, that has been a very bad program. But uh, you look in that top five, top ten, you know, you look at TCU, Tennessee. Tennessee's sitting up top right now 
And uh, you have to wonder if those fans are thinking, when is the other shoe going to drop? This can't be real life. Uh, they are playing so well. They pop up to number one, and they they play number three, Georgia. I mean, a huge game looming on Saturday afternoon. No doubt. <clears throat> no, but, I mean, who knows? Yep. Who knows, man? That that That's must-watch. And Hendon Hooker, the quarterback's really the the leader in the clubhouse right now for the Heisman. Oh, yeah. Uh, Kansas State, Jayhawks' neighbor there in the uh, in Kansas. Uh, Kansas State's had a heck of a season. They are uh, – they're tough to beat. They're really tough to beat at home, too, unless your name is Tulane, I guess. They're uh, really tough to beat at home. Yeah, they're kicking themselves for that early loss <laughs> to Tulane. But, uh, yeah, K-State, they got that, you know, that North Dakota State pipeline that uh, yeah. Bull created back there, and he's been doing a good job down there in Manhattan, the the Little Apple. Yep, no doubt. Uh, some other teams, you mentioned UCLA. Chip Kelly's really done a nice job down there. Quietly. Quietly, very quietly. Seven and one, and it's so quiet that – if you look back, they played, I'm going to say, an FCS team early on. There was pictures of the Rose Bowl where there couldn't have been 10,000 people in that 100,000-seat stadium. No way. And finally, they tarped off a bunch of sections. That's sad, man. But then this last week, you know, the students are starting to show up. I think they're bussing them from, you know, yeah. uh, L.A. or Westwood out to Pasadena. Because yeah. it's a 30-minute drive. Yeah. And traffic, you never know what's, what you're going to run into out there. But – yeah, it's a little sad, um, but at the same time, it's Pac-12. I don't really care too much. <laughs> That's true. Speaking of the Pac-12, Oregon sure has bounced back. They got absolutely handled by Georgia in the opener. It looked like Bo Nix. <clears throat> the Bo Nix experience was not going to be good for the Ducks, and all they've done since has went out. And I've heard some national people talking about that, especially since the rankings came out this week, saying, do you really think that the Georgia loss is going to hurt them that bad? Um, well, it shouldn't. No. It was game one. Yeah. I mean, that's why you play those games that early in the season. And Georgia's really good. And, if and you the can, defending national champions. Exactly. If you can bounce back. And they were saying, well, what about the score? How bad the score was? Well, it was the first first game of the year, new quarterback, all this kind of stuff. Terrible matchup, by the way. Oh, yeah. Hideous matchup. <laughs> like, they didn't have a chance against that defense. Not a chance. Uh, but a replay of that game? Yeah. Totally different story if, yeah. it, ever, if it does happen. Yeah. Who knows, Tennessee might take care of that this week. I think another one is Ole Miss. Lane Kiffin's done a heck of a job in Oxford. Yeah. They have one of the top rushing offenses in all of college football, and you wouldn't think that out of a Lane Kiffin offense. And yet he's the hot name to take over at Auburn. Why Why would you take that Auburn job? I get it, but why? If you're at Ole Miss and you're turning that into something special, is it just the consistency and the money and the backers and the Alabama aspect? I think Auburn is that much bigger than Ole Miss could ever be. Look how quick they pull the trigger on you, though. Gus Malzahn wins a national title, and he's out the door, what, two years later? Not only that. I mean, they go through ADs like every two years. Yeah. They go through coaches every two, three years. You are, you're right there. And, but Lane Kiffin, he's been through it before. <laughs> and he was on. He was fired on a tarmac before. Yeah, and he was on Saban's staff. Like, <laughs> you know, that would add some serious juice. Yep. Oh, I remember when he got fired from the Raiders and Skeletor went up there and put up the uh, overhead projector and talked about all the reasons <laughs> he fired Lane Kiffin. Like he hadn't just fired 20 straight coaches or something. Uh, but, yeah, they them and then uh, we mentioned Tulane. And the Cowboy opponent, Illinois. Illinois. They're 14th in the yeah. – or 16th, excuse me, in the college football rankings. Great call. Yeah, Illinois had a heck of a year. They're doing a great job over there. Brett Bielma – you know he's going to bring that bring that tough ground and pound, and that's what they're doing, man. Chase Brown is a fun <clears> running back to watch. 
Uh, biggest disappointments, um, look no further than the Sooner State. Oklahoma State, has the wheels have completely fallen off in Stillwater. Uh, don't know how, don't know why, uh, but uh, they have completely fallen off. Oklahoma, of course, is under a first-year head coach. You know, you expect maybe a few bumps along the way, but and just stay not like this. in the state south of them, too, Texas A&M. Oh. Preseason top five, number one recruiting class, what, three of the last four years. Jimbo Fisher has the, the biggest contract because it's for lifetime. <laughs> More money and than God down there. If they were to let him go, which some people say they might, $75 million buyout. They, they wouldn't even blink an eye at it. They have the boosters to do it. Yeah. One guy might do it. Can you imagine that, that we're talking about Jimbo Fisher being run out of town right now? I mean, look what they did to get him. But if you look at side-by-side, side, he and um, Kevin Sumlin, the same time in their career, their the resume is identical. Wow. And they run Kevin. Yep. Kevin Sumlin, former Wyoming coach. Yep. Yeah, A&M is arguably the biggest disappointment. We already talked about Michigan State. My favorite yearly disappointment, Nebraska, is doing their thing. Um, really happy for them. I'm going to top that with my favorite, CSU. <laughs> yeah, that's a good segue into our Mountain West. You know, projected way up the high of the Mountain Division, or the West Division, or the Mountain Division, excuse me, Vision, of yep. the Mountain West. Projected um, to finish higher than Wyoming. All these transfers from yep. Nevada. Norvell is going to be the savior. Air raid. They haven't done squat. <laughs> and it's looked bad in the process. Uh, biggest surprises in the Mountain West. I think you go 45 miles west of Cheyenne. Yeah, that would be our. All of ours, Wyoming, <laughs> your Wyoming Cowboys. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to argue that they're not. Um, you know, you, Boise State, you never could necessarily say they're a surprise, but they kind of are. They reinvented themselves midseason. Dirk Cutter coming in, offensive coordinator. They're the only unbeaten team in conference play, which is setting up for a rather huge showdown, possibly in Laramie on November 19th. Should that be allowed? If you fire somebody mid-season, she'd be able to bring somebody that's not currently on the staff from the outside in mm. to take a job. That's a good point. I don't know, especially a guy who built helped build Boise State. Yeah, I. it just seems weird that they're allowed to do that. Now, if he was already on staff as a consultant, yeah, but consultants aren't supposed to be at practice. Right. Wink, wink. <laughs> uh, but that that's really odd to me that they're able to make these outside hires and granted I'm probably being a little pouty because it's about Boise State and if it was Wyoming I wouldn't care at all but we have a little bit of breaking news that just came across University of Wyoming head basketball coach Jeff Linder announced Friday morning that forward Graham EK will miss an extended period of time with a lower leg injury Linder will meet with the media this afternoon at 2 p.m. Cowboys open the season Monday night against Colorado Christian 7 p.m. in the Arena Auditorium. We only have a couple minutes left here, but... Cody, you heard about this earlier in the week that he was probably out four to six weeks, and then we yeah. heard that he was in a boot. Um, you know, if it's going to happen, it's better to happen now <laughs> yeah. than in, during the conference season for sure. And we just hope that, you know, Graham has a has a speedy recovery and a, and a good recovery. And um, another thing that's good is Wyoming's very deep. Yeah. Yeah, no, and you're going to get to see some guys, man. You know, we had heard this news, obviously didn't have enough uh, the sourcing on it to go ahead with it and write a story, but, um, yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. If it's going to happen, now's 
probably the best time, and, and you're going to get to see some of these young guys and see what they can do. So, also, I want to give a kudos to the University of Wyoming for putting that out. Um, good for them. I, they they don't often do stuff like that. So it's good to see that um, they're getting ahead of the game here a little bit because that was going to be my first question today to Jeff Linder. I think part of it is um, the national attention that they're getting, and um, they're not going to be able to keep secrets and keep things under wrap. And I think Jeff's created not a great rapport with the local media, but with a lot of the national media yeah. guys too. And he knows the importance of keeping those guys on your side and guys like you on your, on their side. No doubt. Well, sorry to end on a sad note like that. <laughs> That's, you know, we, we feared that would happen. Uh, definitely didn't go ahead with it. We wanted to make sure that our ducks are in a row and uh, wanted to make sure that uh, we were all good there. So. Uh, do you want to run through the games real quick? We only we have less than a minute. Here. Real quick, uh, Air Force, Army, uh, Commander-in-Chief's um, trophy game, and then New Mexico at Utah State, BYU at Boise State, UNLV at San Diego State, Colorado State at San Jose State, and to round out the night, Hawaii at Fresno State. Go Bows. Yep, next week we'll be talking border war. Always exciting, always fun. Wyoming basketball kicking off the season on Monday, so have a good week. This has been the 7220sports.com kickoff show presented by Dickie's Barbecue Pit in Laramie and Cheyenne. This show is also sponsored by Rocky Mountain Shirtworks, Wyo Lotto, Papa Murphy's Pizza, and Warren's Repair and Towing. Thank you for joining us. For Jared Newland, I'm Cody Tucker. Stay tuned next week for Wyoming football right here on KOWP. Spin your passion into a business of Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com records.